0: Hello, and welcome to episode one of FanPay, or from a normal person's eyes. This is the first quote-unquote real episode, and today we're going to be talking about foldable smartphones and the latest hype surrounding them, okay? But first, I think I need to explain how these foldable smartphones work. So, you have a regular smartphone, you see, right? handy-dandy little device. I have one with me, right? Doesn't do much, except literally everything for most people, because they can't seem to get a life. But anyway, they have a regular screen, whether it be plastic for the cheap ones, or glass for the more expensive ones, or my all-time favorite, Gorilla Glass. Foldable smartphones can't use glass, because it'll snap, or crack, or... Whatever, breaker, something. So, we need to find a material that can bend and still display something. The reason why glass is used, or a type of plastic is used, is because it's nice for displaying things. It won't be bad and opaque and like fuzzy. And scientists have found a material. These si- these phones, these new foldable smartphones, use flexible OLED screens. OLED—it's just another uh, one of those fancy technologies. There's LED, there's LCD, there's plasma. I like plasma. There's OLED, there's QLED, and uh, no need to worry about that. They're all just very confusing formats. Plasma is the best. OLED's the second best. I think OLED might be first now. But anyway. OLED displays work by pulsing electricity through a mesh of organic compounds, and since they don't require a backlight, they end up being really thin and flexible, and that's that's really good. That's really good for a foldable fo- f- smartphone, so yay. Obviously as we said before, glass breaks when bended, and to solve this, scientists have created flexible polymer screens. So now we have flexible screens, and flexible screens plus some other handy dandy little electronic components inside, it results in foldable phones. Now I have another question, how are case manufacturers ever going to make cases for these foldable phones because if you've ever seen one, they're just abominations. But the main thing here today, I'm just going to talk about two. Uh, very prominent phones in the market right now. You have the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Now, the Samsung Galaxy Fold is $2,000. That's that's pretty, pretty, pretty high price for something that might break very easily and might not be uh, much use to you or a normal consumer. It retails for $2,000, which is pretty, pretty expensive. I don't know if people would buy such an experimental piece of hardware. It's experimental at the current moment for that much. It's quite expensive. It's just really a foldable tablet with an extra screen at this moment. And it's being sold as a phone. It's being marketed as a phone because it can fold and open. It's like a phone-tablet hybrid. But my main question here to you is who would buy an Android tablet for $2,000 when you can just get a very high-end laptop or very high-end Surface for that exact same price if you really wanted a tablet? I mean there are calling solutions if you also want to do calling on a laptop on your Surface too, so I really don't understand this, some of these things just baffle me. But there seems to be an interest towards it. Even though it flopped really, really hard, from my point of view. I guess the idea of having a big device to be able to fit in your pocket is what's interests consumers today. Anyway, this thing is pretty, pretty kinda of powerful, and it sports a lot of storage, because you need a lot of storage for a phone. Because you need to store all those Snapchat photos or whatever you kids do these days. And Another thing is that this thing has five cameras. You heard me right, five cameras. Three on the back, two on the front. And so it's like, it's like uh, the engineer inside Samsung's private laboratory was like asking the CEO, "Since this is a foldable phone and it has multiple screens, how many cameras do you want?" And the CEO must have been like, "Yes," because that's that's the only thing they could have thought of and then they added as many cameras as they could fit. Don't you think that's a tad unnecessary? Like, just a little? Well, what I didn't know is that modern phones have at least three to four cameras on them and I haven't been keeping up because modern phones right now are typically mostly trash, but that's just my own opinion. There's not really that much of an upgrade or an innovation compared to previous models, aside from more processing power and more storage and slightly better cameras. That's that's pretty much just it, because mainly I see kids using phones to play video games in school. That's pretty much it, video games and calling. So yeah. There are two other phones that deserve honorable mentions, but more or less are like the Galaxy Fold, essentially. They're tablets that can fold into a phone. And those are the Roy How do I pronounce this? One second. Royal FlexPi and the Huawei Mate X, which is in China only, obviously, because of the trade ban and coronavirus and all other things, but. Then the second second uh, piece of hardware we have is the Motorola Razr, and this one is different. Instead of essentially being a tablet, this one is an actual phone. It's an extra long boy <laughs> that folds into a tiny flip phone reminiscent device. And I find that cool, it's reminiscent of the old fold phones that you used to get back then. And this is the only one I consider to be an actual foldable smartphone, because instead of a being a tablet that folds, it's just an extra long fold that folds. It's a, an extra long phone that folds. And it retails for 15, 1500 which is less than the Galaxy Fold, But the thing is, is that both of these foldable phones pretty much flopped. So while there was an interest toward foldable phones, there wasn't really an actual tangible market for it. I just don't think the foldable smartphone, even though it's a cool idea, is justifiable at the current prices that it is right now, $1,500 to $2,000. Maybe if we get to a point where it's $900 and under, then maybe it will make sense to some people, but not everyone, unless they're just trying to flex on people. Show off to, you know, people who don't know what flexing is. Otherwise, yeah, it really isn't in reach for most consumers, especially if they want to give to their kids for educational use or something useful like that. It's not like they're going to be using it for useful stuff anyway. High price price tag is also really not worth it as a lot of the magic of a smartphone ends up being underwhelming on these foldable smartphones. And there's a lot of compromises to be made to keep it $2,000 or under because that's still pretty low cost compared to what it would have been like, what, five or ten years ago? Also, people have made foldable phones in the past and why not use that? I mean, they're still being sold today, right? No, 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 You all want smart smartphones so you can play all your little video games and do the snapchats and take all the pictures and stuff. But, what would I know? I'm just a normal guy, and these are my two cents. Anyway, this has been FanPay. Thank- thanks for listening to the first episode. I'll probably <laughs> slightly up the quality of this podcast in future coming episodes. and See you all next time!